following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Retro Poppers, assemble. Welcome back to Retro Pop, everybody. My name is Matt Johnson, uh, one of your co-hosts, and alongside with me, as per usual, as always, he is, um, we do this comparison thing quite a bit. He is the, uh, well, I mean, you could be my Iron Man to my Captain America, but that's not really the greatest relationship. You know what? I, I'll let you be Black Widow and I'll be Hawkeye. Oh, so okay, so at least I'm the attractive one. <laughs> I'll take that. I'll take that. But you do have to die to save the universe at some point. Hey, what a way to go, huh? <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least you got your own spinoff movie completely out of out of time. Yep. Uh, out of the timeline. <laughs> I do. Yep. You do. It pays off. Uh welcome everybody. We are excited to have you to uh conclude our superhero month uh superhero marvel month that we have done in collaboration with our um sister show uh retro blist which obviously johnny and trevor have been um that that's their show they've been part of we did we wanted to do something cool and uh in in unified i guess in a sense uh doing we wanted to come together as a team i just brought a tear to my eye at a symbol <laughs> <laughs> on your left Matt. Oh, do we get to have shawarma uh, <laughs> uh, fun fact i never had even heard of shawarma until this movie i didn't know what it was i'd never heard of it before still haven't had it but i've at least heard neither of it. have i but it does sound appealing yeah um <laughs> we no, are just trying about- it just uh, don't have anywhere here around here that that i know of that makes it yeah i don't i, I don't feel like North Carolina is like a shawarma hotbed. <laughs> I don't think anybody goes goes to North Carolina is like, mm, you know what I need right now? A nice plate of shawarma. You don't think North Carolina is known for shawarma? <laughs> <laughs> I've always how, wanted, how dare you, sir? You know what? In an effort to get closer to you, I think I need to move down. I never made shawarma. I never had it, but I think I'm going to move down to North Carolina and uh, and 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 create a shawarma stand idea yeah, we'll have shawarma and sweet tea it's gonna be great i'll be out of business in a month uh 100 <laughs> uh but we are talking about the very first avengers movie uh on today's episode it's something that uh you know i've really wanted to talk about and it went looking back when reflecting on everything uh that we've come to appreciate it from the marvel cinematic universe this was um and I think even just beyond the MCU, but in cinema history, uh, this is one of 
this is a huge leap forward um, in, in, in storytelling. So we're going to talk about it. Uh, the Avengers 2012. Let's jump in into our personal histories with the film. Johnny, my man, I started out. Um, well, I was living in Rochester when this movie came out. Um, I remember my parents came up, they drove. But for those who don't know, Rochester to Niagara Falls is like an hour and a half drive. My parents came up for my birthday that year. I just turned, oh god, oh, it was my 21st birthday. 2012, yeah, it would have been my 21st birthday. And they came up and they took me to go see it. And uh, it was so cool uh, to see what had transpired on screen for the first time. I think at least at anything that I had ever really seen at that point, or maybe even that ever existed. Um, we had like this big crossover movie event where characters from different movies who had not interacted with each other came together and, um, and it was a spectacular. Oh, Okay. Freddy versus Jason, that that probably counts a little bit. Um, excuse me. Lest we forget. <laughs> I should not have forgotten the greatness that is Freddy versus Jason. Um, but it was like really remarkable because, you know, it, I think growing up when you and I did. Oh, it was rough. Superhero films were not overly abundant at all. I remember being at home on summer vacation, you know, to rainy day outside. Oh, I want to watch a superhero show or a superhero movie. And I had nothing. And, you know, the, the bare minimum. But, you, you know, you always imagined, you know, watching those whenever you did, you always imagine, oh, what if they ever crossed over? But they didn't because everything was so separate. So just distance from each other, movie rights, all that jazz. Um, and then and then Disney, uh, Marvel, uh, you know, studios comes around. And they bring these characters back to life that weren't necessarily the most popular ones, you know, when I was growing up. Iron Man knew him, knew of him, wasn't super popular. Um, honestly, probably out of the original six, the original six Avengers, Hulk was probably the most, I think, mainstream, not mainstream, but like most famous. Yeah, um, I would say I would definitely say that. I mean, they tried making movies with him before this. So yeah. I would definitely say out of the Avengers that we see in this movie, he's definitely the most recognizable and probably cap would be a second, but the other ones uh, were not household names by any measure. No, no, not at all. Yeah. I mean, you know, of Thor, but like you even see like some of the, if you look back at like, uh, I, I like to look at Marvel versus Capcom too, to kind of see who was oh, in the, man. who was love that game. One of the greatest, yeah. it is the greatest fighting game roster of all time. But I look at who the hierarchy was. I mean, that's that's right when I was growing up. That's right, my wheelhouse. Thor wasn't in there. Hawkeye wasn't in there. Um, uh, Scarlet, you know, I said Scarlet Witch, Scarlet Johansson, 
Black Widow wasn't in there. Iron Man was, Cap was, but they were still kind of, you know, they were, they, they came off as like relics uh, of an older age where Hulk was the most mainstream, but Marvel found a way to make these characters um, relevant, cool, and exciting and personable. And I, I think that's been a big strength of, of, of the MCU is that a lot of their characters are personable and they're literally at this. I mean, right now in 2022, there's, there's somebody for every, for just about everybody um, right now in the film. So um, it was amazing. And uh, you know, seeing the, the first circle up when they're in New York city, it's one of my, it, it's so exciting because it was it was the birth of all this. Now crossovers seem so normalized, right? We see crossover <laughs> yeah. stuff all the time, uh, especially in Marvel. DC tries to replicate it, um, and a lot of other shows, you know, movies. They try to go in that direction. Um, well, I think DC will keep it up because I'm pretty sure in an upcoming episode of of Cops, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> The Flash himself. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. Uh, what a weird, strange person. <laughs> oh, man. So we'll still get our crossovers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Stop singing that song. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh wow. Uh but I'm with you. This this is the first Avengers movie. I don't know why I sound like I was a tiny though. This is the first Avengers movie. Uh, <laughs> bibbidi bobbidi boobity. Bibbidi bobbidi boobity. <laughs> uh it really kind of proved that. Uh, you know, we all, uh, us comic book fans kind of felt like they had a direction with these movies and they were trying their best to sort of uh, prove that they're all in the same universe type thing. But this movie just absolutely 100% definitely proved it, right? Uh, especially, you know, it was just wild seeing these characters actually meet each other. I just remember being in a the theater and thinking, oh, this is just the greatest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, and these aren't even like some of my favorite heroes in Marvel. You know, there's no Spider-Man. You know, Spider-Man's probably my favorite good guy superhero in Marvel, and he's not there. Uh, the X-Men aren't there. You know, I don't get no Cyclops here, but, uh, you know, and Fantastic Four is another one I love. And uh, they're not here, but it's just something about seeing all these people that they had set up in different movies come together like this. It was done so well, and it comes down to that scene where they're all on the bridge, right? And the camera's kind of sort of feels like it's circling around them almost. And they're sitting there proposing about to uh, attack, uh, uh, you know, uh, and defend New York City. And uh, just something about that is just pretty dang awesome. And, uh, man, I really think the fact that they were able to truly pull that off. I mean, the other Marvel movies before this were obviously successful or they wouldn't even have gotten to do this. But uh, to me, this is what kind of changed cinema. (laughs) Uh, because this thing just, uh, you know, it, I'm trying to remember that. I think I'm fairly certain I saw this at least three times in a the theater. 
uh, somewhere in that direction. Like I, I went and saw it over the weekend, and then I'd have a friend or somebody say, "Hey, you want to go see Avengers? I haven't seen it yet." Okay. And then it, it was one of those movies where I wanted to see it with my close friends that they hadn't seen it before, right? Like I wanted to be oh, there man. as they experienced it. And this was one of those films that was like that for me. Uh, and going back and rewatching it recently was was really fun. It's uh, I think it still holds up overall. I mean, this isn't technically a review show for this movie. We're just going to kind of dive into the history of it. But uh, it's still, even though this movie, it's hard to believe this movie is a decade, you're decade old now, right? Yeah, that's, this year it was a decade old. Yeah, yeah that's, that's mind boggling that it's that old now. But it's just... Uh, you know, it, it still holds up to me overall. It's it does have a couple uh slow parts, uh, but you know, overall this is just a really fun movie. Um and I guess uh we don't like to talk about who was behind it. <laughs> uh they may be problematic now. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, you know, I'm just saying. Uh but I really uh this movie is actually has some really good funny moments too. Uh, so this was a this was a pleasant surprise, and uh, would be. I think it's really hard to pull off a movie, especially a superhero movie, where there's not one main character that you can focus on. There's multiple main characters, because it will always feel like either somebody's getting the short end of the stick, or that you're trying to uh you know uh, serve too many people at once and then i just really can hurt what you're trying to create and make uh you know can not be the best of what you're trying to make but i thought considering this is their first attempt at this i i was like wow they did a really good job here and it may and the characters that <clears throat> i wasn't super duper like uh, you know obviously i'd heard of hawkeye but i i you know i could take them or leave them right uh, you know, but uh, this kind of led the way to, of me being like, man, when that Hawkeye series was announced on Disney Plus, uh, your boy was watching it when it came out. So, uh, when that Black Widow movie we kind of talked about that sort of just exists for some reason, uh, I made sure I watched that. And by the way, I like it. So, <laughs> yeah, oh, it was uh, good. It's been, there's out of all the Marvel movies, there's only been a couple that I thought were, um, not the greatest, but then they would have a follow up that, you know, I'm thinking Thor, obviously. Uh, but Thor would have like a third movie that was really good. And I'm hearing really good things about the new one as of this recording. It's not out yet, but I'm hearing great things. Uh, and all these, all these great moments we've had in superhero movies. Now um, I think it's because of this Avengers movie working and proving that people will a go see it and B. I love Batman. I love Batman movies, but they're so dark and i get why they are but this kind of these avengers movies proves yeah you need some levity and stuff but uh, it's okay to have some jokes in there and it's okay to, uh to make people realize hey these are comic book characters let's have some fun yeah no absolutely and and yeah it just it, it works so good it, it really did um uh yeah, it it puts a smile on my face what it's been able to you know accomplish so far and and you know what it will be what it will be so uh, but that is that is our uh, our personal histories let's hop into the production and history of the Avengers. 
And I'd like to know how Loki used it to turn two of the sharpest men I know into his personal flying monkeys. Monkeys? Do not understand. I do. I, I understood that reference. All right. So I'm not going to, as far as storyline and stuff, I think everybody at this point has kind of seen it. If you haven't, basically, um, in a short synopsis, that it's a bunch of basically established characters at this point, um, superhero characters coming together, finding their way with all their different personalities and uh, in, in defeating a common enemy, I guess. And it's really cool. It, it, it really illustrates the teamwork um, aspect of, I mean, just anything kind of, they couldn't really handle Loki or, or other villains uh, on their own. And when they, but when they finally all came together, um, they were successful and that was kind of, that's kind of the, the short end of it. If, if you want to, you know, I highly recommend if you haven't seen it, you should, you probably should have seen it by now. Um, or if you haven't seen it in a long time, I, I invite you to go uh, revisit it. Cause it is really, it's something spectacular. And if but, you haven't seen it, don't want to see it yet, you're still listening to this. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, yes. Thank you for, for yeah. putting a, a nice spin on that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> Um, I know. So early 2000s was was kind of when the, this Avengers movie, um, the idea of it really came to be, you know, and, and it's like, oh, wow, you, you see hear that. It's like, oh, wow, X-Men, Spider-Man, Eric Bana Hulk, <laughs> um, Fantastic Four is right on the horizon. And not that they're Avengers characters, but crossover of sorts is, is interesting. But um, it began around 2003, the idea of it. And they wanted to start developing a film uh, around, uh, they planned to develop the film around April of 2005. And uh, some other, whatever, there's a bunch of business lingo and such. But um, there were people attached to the film right out of the gate. Uh, Zach Penn, who uh, ended up, he, he wrote the uh, Edward Norton Hulk, um, was attached to it. And, and they were just compiling people uh you know to they were just compiling, uh, just a team essentially at this point very early on too before a lot of these characters were even um officially signed a lot of the actors were even signed but um iron man was the official kick in the pants um signing robert downey jr and everything just kind of ballooned from there um you know, Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man was was the first kind of domino to fall and obviously became the biggest thing. And then all the other, you know, signings occurred. And, um, you know, there was a situation. I know a lot of people get confused why Mark Ruffalo is suddenly the Incredible Hulk uh, <laughs> in this in this time, in this in this, you know, era. But there was a falling out. Both sides have a different story. They didn't feel like uh, Marvel didn't feel like Edward Norton. Um, really could work with other people, <laughs> which is uh, which is sad. But um, but they felt like Mark Ruffalo could. He the, the chemistry was kind of there, um, and there were several other you know kind of recastings. There was one person was ca- uh, Emily Blunt was cast to be Scarlet or um, Black Widow, and then they eventually replaced her with Scarlett Johansson, and and so on and so forth. But that's really the team kind of coming together um so to speak it was you know it's it, it's pretty cool that you know they're just locking people up to deals 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 and you know 
obviously the bigger characters got these these trilogies and it just it automatically made casting there wasn't really any i mean i think ruffalo was probably the biggest signing like for like special signing for the avengers movie because that was his first that was really his mcu debut right yeah other than that everybody was all, all pretty much locked in um but you know the questions were, were asked you know did do they do we think that you know people were asking kevin feige at that time about 2010 uh do they think it's it's unrealistic for you know a, a guy like thor to cross over with the sciencey iron man and, and and good old boy captain america and all that? and he goes no because it's because it's just gonna work and um it did it, it the the the, the it was pretty. Uh, it was pretty well done. Obviously, it blended well together. Um, Joss Whedon was uh, the the big guy in charge of it. He uh, he signed a deal to direct it in July of 2010. And uh, Joss, at that point, I think his really big claim to fame was Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, that's what his biggest thing was. But he was also known at that time. He would. He was the one some writing of uh, some Marvel comics, actually. Uh, I have his, and this is not a brag. It really is because of all the stuff that came out about him. But I have his Astonishing X-Men. Uh, I got the the full collection of it, and it's really good, honestly. Uh, but uh, he he had written some Marvel stuff, just no like live action thing. Interesting. Yeah, so he, yeah, he was kind of slated for it he's i mean i know he's he's he is problematic but he does have a uh um you know he does have a nice pop culture and i guess comic book centric background with his a lot of his work but uh but yeah so they announced i believe it was 2010 or 2011 that they they announced the uh uh the team at at comic-con which was a pretty big deal you got to finally meet all the avengers and some of them haven't even been shown in live action yet but everything kind of came together there. Uh, they started filming this movie on April 25th, 2011 in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And, <laughs> um, and yeah, just a big old culmination. There's, I mean, there's so much photography stuff in here. Um, we're going to go through the different locations. They, they, I know it's a Matt stats kind of thing, but they like filmed at like 27 different places throughout. Um, throughout the world to kind of get everything together. But, um, but yeah, filming finished in New York city over, uh, it was a two day thing, which is actually pretty crazy to think about how much time that they spent in New York city on the film that, you know, it was a, two, that, that was just a two day, two day filming thing. Um, I know they do reshoots and such, but, uh, but that was that, but, um, but yeah, they, they were taking, they did a lot of aerial shots when filming this too. Uh, getting on rooftops, trying to get big scenery for New York City, um, which was a nice touch because I always felt like this movie was a little bit better visually as far as the you know environment when when things were happening than Age of Ultron was in some instances. It just felt bigger, um, and I think a lot of the camera shots that they used, of course, having New York City as an actual place to to base it off of was, uh, you know, it helped tremendously. But um, but after that, they wanted they said they wanted to go in the direction of 3D. They thought it would kind of help out the. I never I never seen it in 3D. I'm not a big 3D person myself. The first time I saw it was in 3D. Oh, it and, was yeah. Um, 
and but I'm with you. Like that, it, I could take or leave it. It doesn't really add anything for me. But that just happened to be what the people I was going with were going to see it in. So yeah, it de- uh, it honestly depends. Like I feel like Guardian. I th- I think I seen Guardians two in three D, and that was like cool. Some of the magic ones, you know. I feel, like, I feel like a I feel like a Pixar movie is good with it. Yeah, uh, but or animated film, I definitely don't mind seeing those in 3d but uh you know for like a, just an action heavy film where a lot of stuff's happening uh it i honestly i'd rather not have it <laughs> i'm getting <Yeah>. old <laughs> you've seen they've gone away from it quite a bit there's only specific yeah. places that that really do the 3d thing but it's not it never caught on quite like uh they had wanted to and i'm i'm kind of fine with that um i guess the next big thing too was the the uh it, Joss Whedon said it was his uh, decision to include the uh, the now famous Thanos uh, post credit scene, which was uh, oh, Prince get off the damn court. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's his dog. Just everybody knows. Yes, <laughs> it's not Prince. Uh, the artist formerly known as Prince is not in here. So, um, you, sorry. You keep telling me that some places might be haunted up near you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm at home at that damn studio. Uh, <laughs> But um, but yeah, Joss Whedon, he said that he wanted to, it was his idea to include the Thanos post credit scene, um, although they never gave him like a name or anything. But um, I don't even know if they really had much direction as far as where they wanted to go with Thanos at that point. Uh, looking back at that post credit scene, it differs from Thanos's intentions, I think, later on that were revealed. I felt like after this movie, they got a little bit more... Uh, organized with the direction that they wanted to go with thanos i think and, people were just excited to see thanos right oh yeah because he, he's one of the big beds in marvel so uh, i think people were just excited that he showed up at all uh, but yeah you're right he, he kind of changes he definitely changes in how he looks for sure yeah uh, that was yeah. neat though that was a really cool scene i like the i like the the uh just this dark this dark space like lighting and situation and just Thanos turning around to get those cold blue eyes. Yeah. Um, it was really something it, 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 you know, for those who knew the character, your jaw just kind of dropped because this is their first dabbling into uh, the cosmic universe. But, um, but yeah, so, I mean, just, yeah, they, they did a really good job. They, they kind of pushed the boundaries of their technology when it came to, um, filming this when it came to the music, Alvin Silvestri, uh, who I he, he what's goes, when it comes to the music, Alvin Simon and Theodore, <laughs> the chipmunks themselves. Yes, uh, <laughs> that would that would drastically change this movie if uh, the chipmunks did the score. Christmas time <laughs> is here. As a yeah, imagine that playing as the the fight over New York. <laughs> <laughs> I can actually picture that now. I might have to go find a place that will, or a YouTube page that'll uh, re- restructure the song over the, put the, that song over the fight. I just found a hula <laughs> I just want Loki staff. <laughs> uh, yes, Alan's Alan Silvestri. Um, who actually composed the the main uh, Avengers theme song, which is, uh, you know, it's one of those things. I think you and I may have talked about it before, but I, I really no, I don't think we have actually. But I adore the the, the Avengers theme because it's been it's one of those it's very malleable uh, where they've yeah 
they've added a spin on it every time there's an Avengers movie, which I always thought was a really nice touch. Um, it's just right. It pumps me up. It makes me want to fight people. I, I feel like every Avengers movie, uh, that's the one thing they definitely do is the music gets better per movie. I mean, yeah. by the time we get to, you know, Infinity War and Endgame, that that's those are soundtracks that I salt after. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, those are some of the first like digital dial like album downloads that they ever got before yeah. I had like Apple music or anything. Um, but yeah, they like Sylvester's work. It was, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was just right. It was just right. Um, and he had done the uh, Captain America, the first Avenger, but um, yeah, as I said, 2010 San Diego comic-con, they did a, they, they did the first teaser and excuse me, 2011 is when they uh, uh, July of 2011 is when they started to, uh, to really announce some of these, you know, announce the cast. They did some people at uh, 2011 New York Comic-Con. And, uh, yeah, people just super, super excited about the trailers. They did tie-in comic books, which is, uh, I think that was an early, that was one of the first times they'd ever done that, too, for a movie. I don't really remember tie-in comics before the Avengers movie starting to roll around. I could be mistaken, though. I'm sure they were. uh, But, like, uh, when the Marvel started putting out the MCU, they would... Uh, consistently, uh, when a, one of the movies was coming out, they would do like a uh, like a little comic setting up the movie type of thing that you could read and maybe have a a little bit more understanding of where the movie's coming from that type of thing. Because this was, um, uh, you know, I I was a frequent visitor to my local comic shop uh, up through this Avengers movie for sure, and probably up through Age of Ultron. I kept going, but. After that, I, I sort of was like, "This is too expensive." But, uh, <laughs> but I definitely—that's when I was collecting comic books, and I would get them all the time, and I definitely read them all the time. And I for sure uh, remember, like, uh, it was usually prequels setting up these movies a lot of the times. Right, uh, I remember those for sure. So, yeah, yeah, I guess I guess you're right. This is what I think. I feel well in my personal experience. I felt like they got really big around this time. Um. But yeah, it uh, it 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 released. It, it finally made its release. They actually had to uh, uh, the name was switched around a little bit in for UK, uh, just for confusion's sake. But uh, it released and did really really well. Um, came out uh, Blu-ray, Blu-ray 3D, DVD, digital download, all that jazz. And uh, yeah, overall, it's it's one of the most beloved superhero movies of all time. And yeah, for me, it's just, it's, it's always cool to look back and, and see how far the MCU has come. So, uh, but that's, that's it, I guess, in a nutshell, uh, <laughs> you know, the production stuff is always, you know, weird. There's so much, so many layers to it, but let's head on over to the good stuff. Let's head on over to Matt's stats. You are all of you beneath me. I am a God, you dull creature. And I will not be bullied by that. Puny God. All right. So, first Avengers movie, um, as we mentioned, came out May 4th, 2012, and was in theaters until october 4th uh so a, a five-month run in theaters not that, too that, by today's standards that's really good 
that's not too shabby at all. That is not too shabby at all. I think, I mean, that's, I've seen some pretty long running movies um, out there. We used to have a cheap show around here. I remember Harry, the very first Harry Potter being out. Oh, cheap show. Cheap show. Oh, the, what'd you think I said? Peep show. Oh, either way, you're having fun. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I remember the very first Harry Potter movie uh, being out way past the DVD release. So, um, yeah, so- uh, we um, I actually don't know if it's still operating today, but we have a couple of this type of theaters here where they would play movies kind of right toward the end of their run in theaters. And it would just be a lot cheaper. Right. To go see them then. Uh, and I would, go, <laughs> I would go do that all the time, especially if it was a movie that I kind of wanted to see, uh, you know, that type of deal. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I know what you're talking about. We have uh, cheap slash peep shows down here as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah we lost our cheap theater i'm I'm sad about it they had the best pretzel bites regardless uh ours had really good popcorn our cheap show is so the the big theater around here regal um their pretzels are usually pretty stale but the one of the cheap show were like chef's kiss perfect crunchy exterior like good crunch not like an old crusty crunch and the yeah. soft inside we're going to do an episode once of just menu talking about food. <laughs> I am completely fine. Honestly, that would be a fun theme for a month. Just talking yeah. about the history of a food. Oh, we're doing it. Oh, awesome. it. We'll see All you right. in August. All right. Yep. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Write that down. Let's try to remember that. <laughs> oh, we will. I'm not, I do, I'm not one to forget about food, my good friend. Um, so it, <laughs> so it, um, it had a budget of $220 million. All right, which is insane. When you really think about it, and uh, domestically, it's it made six hundred and twenty-three point three, which is uh, yeah, pretty good. Eight hundred and ninety-five point four internationally, uh, which made up for fifty-nine percent of its market. So, giving it a worldwide box office of one point five billion dollars. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, it's opening weekend let's see domestically opening weekend it hauled in 207.4 million dollars so pretty much almost made its budget back and that's just domestically yeah but um almost made its entire budget back opening weekend and it was well past it the second uh the second weekend may 11th through 13th um its first day in theaters 80.8 million dollars um and it was shown for the better parts of let's see from the opening weekend to wednesday this thursday the 17th of may 2012 it was shown in 4349 movie theaters and then randomly 100 movie theaters just stopped showing it <laughs> i don't know why this <laughs> uh this website boxofficemojo.com has a yeah. really a breakdown of all the theaters that had it um it's really crazy how quick some of these films were coming in and out but i guess different areas different different things by may or by may 25th it uh it was under four thousand theaters and the dip just kind of continued but even still the fact that it was in that as many theaters as it was worldwide was um pretty pretty impressive uh it got a little bit of a it looks they they didn't re-release it did they no they didn't um it got got a big surge in august it went from uh on july 26th uh, it went from 495 theaters, and then August it jumped back up to 1700. So they probably gave it a little bit of a push. I know a lot of movies do that these days, 
uh, to kind of help out uh, with with sales and stuff. I know there's been a for a little while there was a pissing match re-release thing between between Avatar and I think Infinity War Endgame because James Cameron just had to have the best selling movie of all time, <laughs> uh, and they just kept going back and forth. <laughs> I hate the Avatar. I hate. Avatar. I can't stand it. Endgame is so much better in my opinion. Oh, like it's not man. even close. <laughs> not even close. Um, but yeah, so after it's yeah around that time yeah it just twelve oh nine and. As far as theaters going, it just slowly, slowly dwindled. But um, yeah, it's crazy. I think the average, like it's average, like theaters, the first weekend, like eighteen thousand five hundred eighty-two dollars per theater. It's insane, insane, insane. So it it, fought, it had a lot of success um, in that regard. I also wanted to uh, look at. He's talking to Johnny about this at the top um, cast, how much they earned. This is what I'm excited films. to find out. <laughs> okay. All right, All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess first. All right. Yes. Okay. Let's do that. Let's make it sort of a game. So right. they only have it with, um, they only have it listed for uh, the main cast. Uh, not like they don't have it for Loki. They don't have it for, um, you know, Phil Coulson or some of those people. They so have it for the main Avengers. All right, let's start off with well the end Samuel Jackson. So yeah, well, um, got, let's start off with always, Samuel Jackson yeah. uh, as Nick Fury. Uh, how uh, much? I, do you believe he I'm is? I'm going to guess that. All right, so I know for a fact that uh, Robert Downey Jr. Uh, gets a big payday at some point. I don't know if it's already by now, but I do know at some point they decided they're going to basically roll out a truck of money to him, and. I'm going to guess he makes the most out of all these people. Samuel Jackson? No, no. Uh, oh, Robert, Robert, Robert Dowdy Jr. Oh, yeah, that's 100% accurate. I'm going to um, guess it's by a lot. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. I think a lot might be understating it. How much do you want to, do you want to, like, what do you, how much do you want to, like, guess what the difference is between him and. Oh, this is good. He actually, if you put all of his other main star castmates together, he still out out earns them by a lot. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I hope he bought their lunches. Probably um not. probably not. No. <laughs> Rich people famously do not uh <laughs> do not uh, buy lunches for other people. No. I um, stay rich. That's right. That's right. All right. In my brain. It's either Chris Evans or Samuel Jackson, but your number, your second highest paid, just basing that on um, how famous they, how recognizable they are, uh, even outside of Marvel. Samuel Jackson is your is number two. Okay, so that makes sense to me. All right, so I'm going to say that Robert Downey made. Oh, good gosh! Like. Like two million more than he did. <laughs> That's a shot in the dark. <laughs> Was I even close? No, no, you're not even the same multiverse with that guess. <laughs> Good God, what is it? Okay, so I'll just run through everybody's numbers real quick. Yeah, all right. So several of the cast made similar amounts. Chris Evans. Mark Ruffalo, Chris, Chris Hemsworth, I almost said Chris Hemsworth, um, <laughs> Chris Hemsworth and Jeremy Renner made all four of those guys uh, made between two and three million dollars. 
Oh, which is not bad. I'd take that. It's not, it's not a bad payday, right? Yeah. Um, Samuel Jackson and Scarlett Johansson made between four and six million dollars for the okay, film. Okay, that I mean that makes sense. Scarlett Johansson is also a, a well known name. Yeah. Robert Downey Jr. earned fifty million dollars from the film. Good lord. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? You're like, I mean, you're I get it, right? Robert Downey Jr., he's he's you know, wanted to secure his, his life. He had a messed up, you know, childhood, early, you know, young actor with a lot of issues. Yeah, they, they were taking a chance when they hired him in the first place. For a big role. chance. Yeah. But because he was the OG, he commanded a lot more money. And yeah, I mean, dude, that's almost a quarter budget right there. Wow. <laughs> $50 million. Wow. You know, it's not like a sport in which, you know, somebody who's incredibly talented makes way more money than like the last person on like the bench or whatever. Yeah. It sort of makes sense. Like even though the bench player makes a lot of money in pro sports, they're not going to make the same as the star player. Like that, that just makes sense. But here you're having uh, like now, you know, Chris Evans, I would say is just as well known as Robert Downey Jr. Because of these movies. Right. Uh, and Samuel yeah. Jackson was definitely already known, so it's just wild to me that it was just that much of a difference, that big of a difference. But hey, kudos! I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say, "Well, I'm not mad at him." No, get no, your, not at all. Get your not money, man. Get your money, <laughs> absolutely. But um, y'all need to hire Robert Downey Jr.'s agent. Um, yes. yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see, let's see. Uh, and I guess the, la- yeah, the last thing was the filming locations deal. Like I said, there was uh, I said be 26 filming locations, a lot in Ohio. My phone just randomly started recording me. That's cool. Siri just like activated. Oh, oh that's that's kind of creepy. That's a little creepy. Maybe I do have a ghost here. Uh, <laughs> uh, they the were in, the prince. <laughs> they did spend a lot of time in Ohio, um, Cleveland, like in some of the like the suburb and like the, some of the different areas. Um, a, lot of, a lot of spots. Let's see. In Cleveland, they actually list. Oh, that's cool. Okay. Um, Cleveland, Ohio. So a lot of the explosions and fights uh, from New York City street scenes were filmed in, in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, I like what like you're thinking, though. Like, <laughs> we can't mess up the streets in New York, right? <laughs> I know where we can. Let's just go to Cleveland. They're not going to care. <laughs> They're not going to care at all. Um, Plum Brook Station in Sandusky, Ohio. It's where uh, Dr. Selvig he does the research on the Tesseract. Um, I think there, there's some, something special about that area too, but, um, oh yeah, they didn't actually at an air at a military base. There's a lot of cool location and stuff, but, um, but yeah, they were in the U S for, yeah, the whole thing. So now I'm starting to wonder, did they actually go to Germany for the German scene? Hmm. Oh, no, they didn't. It was Cleveland. Uh, <laughs> it was Cleveland. So um, come to Cleveland for all your German Cleveland. needs. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's I mean, that's the Matt Stat stuff. It, obviously, the movie was a it was a commercial success and, you know, they they did very, very well. for Everybody did pretty damn well for themselves especially Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> on that note, let's head on over to Johnny's. Did you know? I have grown, Odin's son, in my exile. 
I have seen the true power of the Tesseract, and when I wield it... Who showed you this power? Who controls the would-be king? I am a king! Not here! You give up the Tesseract! You give up this poisonous dream! You come home. I don't have it. You need the cube to bring me home, but I've sent it off I know not where. You listen well, brother. I'm listening. So let's start with the with the comics themselves. Uh, you would think that either you know one of the big names, Captain America, or Thor, Iron Man, somebody like that, uh, would have been the one who actually came up with the name of the team in the comics. But that's not true. Matt, do you know who in the comics was the one who first said, "Let's call them the Avengers"? Oh, it's got to be one of those those first four. I. Let's see. So the first four was Ant-Man, Ant-Man, Thor, Hulk, and Iron Man. I want to say Ant-Man. You're so close. I'm going to give it to you. It was Janet Van Dyne. Uh, Very, very close. Very, very close. The Wasp, for those who don't know. (laughs) Uh, The original Wasp, I should say. Yes. Uh, All right. So speaking of the Hulk, in the original run of the Avengers comic, um, he actually wasn't an Avenger for very long. Uh, in episode one, episode, geez, in uh, issue one of the comic, they sort of become a team at the end of the comic. And then through issue two, Hulk's a member, but he quits at the end of issue two. Uh, he gets mad and just quits. Which uh, I I have heard that before. That's, uh, I want to read that for panel discussion now. Uh, I'm sure I could find it online, but yeah, oh, I mean, that was, that go. was kind of a theme that they, they kept within the movie too. movie suit is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, side note for panel discussion, please go check that out. If you're enjoying this comic book talk, uh, Matt, uh, real quick. Um, I have an idea for, so remind me to tell you about this afterwards an idea okay. for reading comics. All right. <clears throat> All right. So superheroes in comics have had a history uh, of dealing with, uh, some heavy real life issues right uh you know the drug abuse has been one of them you know just for uh just for example uh, in avengers number 32 uh, our heroes face off against the sons of the serpent who are basically the kkk <laughs> and uh that when it came out was like a, a grant they considered a groundbreaking issue so that's one i want to read as well i've never read it but i would like to uh, when the vision was originally being created, he was actually going to be an alien. And one of the things I read was he was going to be like an alien who sort of like was like a, a, a police officer type alien who sort of went around that type of thing. But Stan Lee was like, nope, I want a robot. So he's like, okay, I guess he's a robot now. <laughs> Excelsior. Uh, the Avengers and the X-Men comics almost didn't actually even make the newsstands. Uh, it's pretty wild to think that both the X-Men and the Avengers sort of kind of came out around the same time in this early 60s. Uh, but here's the wild thing about this. During this time, the distributor of Marvel Comics, the ones who actually put them out, was DC Comics. And uh, DC Comics was like, you yeah, know, we're only going to allow you to put so many of your comics out a month, right? Uh, you can only put so many. And thankfully for us, 
this was in an era when the romance comics were they used to be huge but they had taken a big dive and the heroes were taken over and so marvel's like i guess we can cancel a couple a couple of these romance novels now these romance <laughs> comics and x-men and avengers uh live to fight another day no kidding that's cool that's cool i had no idea um speaking of x-men rogue uh you know one of our favorites actually debuted in the avengers as a villain that's pretty wild to think about share or whatever uh, i can't do a really good new orleans accent so why i even tried i don't know uh here's one that kind of blew my mind i don't know why because you uh, when you think spider-man you obviously automatically think marvel and you also think i bet he's been an avenger for a long time that's not true he actually didn't officially become a member of the Avengers until 2004. Uh, he always kind of flirted with it. Uh, they would always be like, hey, can you help? He would help them from time to time, but he didn't become a full-fledged member until 2004. Uh, pretty wild. Yeah, I, I don't really, yeah, I never really associated him with, with the Avengers. But yeah, th- he did a lot of team-up stuff way before like team-ups were super common. I know he, he a lot of stuff with the Fantastic Four and, and even some X-Men. I have like three novels of him with the uh, X-Men, which are really yeah. cool. I think, wasn't there even a, um, wasn't there a game? A Spider-Man Arcade Revenge. Arcade yeah. Revenge. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. So in the Avengers movie that we were been talking about, originally Hawkeye was actually going to take out Iron Man and Hulk. And the way he was going to do it, he was, he was going to have, it sounds sort of like Batman. He would have design special arrows that could take out each member of the avengers like he knew their weaknesses and stuff and he knew what uh how to make his arrows sort of uh you know affect his weaknesses i'm hawkeye i'm hawkeye <laughs> where is he <laughs> uh everybody who knows comics knows that uh, nick fury used to be um an old white man uh so when they were rebooting him Artist Brian Hitch, by the way, Brian Hitch is an incredible artist. Oh, man. Uh, I still remember when one of my buddies said, hey, you need to look at this Brian Hitch's work. Uh, Yes, check out his work, please. Highly recommend it. Uh, But when he was tasked with sort of rebooting Nick Fury, he decided to use Samuel L. Jackson as a model for the character. So when it came time to cast him in a movie, uh, cast this character in a movie, they're like, well, it's kind of obvious, right? Let's go see if Samuel Jackson will do it. And <laughs> now the rest is history. Because that was the ultimate, yeah, Ultimates version. And that's yeah. what that was yeah. um part of me. That was, yeah, that was something that that was a direction they wanted to go with with this film style was based off the Ultimates, uh, which is pretty much a reboot, re- a reboot of the Marvel brand. They got yeah. away from the classic stuff. Yeah. Um, and I think we're better for it, uh, even yeah. though I would love to have a time when Samuel Jackson meets um <laughs> There was a Nick Fury that was played by the Hoff himself, David Hasselhoff, and that would be something I would watch, honestly. Oh, man. <laughs> we, a multiverse. I, we, we do. Oh, man. Can we get Ivan Drago back as the Punisher? Can we? We need to. We need to. All right, so here's my last one. Uh, in the early drafts of the Avengers script, they were actually unsure if a Scarlett Johansson would actually even be available for it. So uh, in the original script, Black Widow wasn't even in it. Instead, it was the Wasp there. Oh, uh, But then when uh, Scarlett was like, yeah, I can do us now. So uh, 
you know, let's put her back in it. That's crazy because the, the thing I was reading about, I didn't, I didn't want to say it because I didn't know if it was take your, um, it'd be in your, uh, did you knows, but originally it was Emily Blunt. Yeah. I'd heard that Black, too. As Black Widow, which is crazy because especially considering how everybody's fan casting her as Invisible Woman. So, um, interesting. Yeah. But that's it for the, did you know? Let's find out where this Avengers movie stands in pop culture today. So, this all seems horrible. I've seen worse. Sorry. No, we could use a little worse. Stuck. We got him. Banner? Just like you said. And tell him to suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. I I don't see how that's a party. Dr. Banner. Now might be a really good time for you to get angry. That's my secret, Captain. I'm always angry. Johnny, my man, I don't think it's, uh, we say it, we, I, I feel like that's like a cliche line. Um, I don't think it's ever going to go away. And it's really neat the way that it's, it's utilized. Um, yeah, this know. one feels pretty easy, right? To answer. Uh, yeah. It's, it's here to stay. <laughs> and they keep referencing it too. I mean, uh, I was really pleasantly excited when uh, the Hawkeye show dropped. Did you watch it, right? Oh, yeah. Yes. And Kate Bishop's origin story, her basic love for archery and being a Hawkeye fangirl was seeing Hawkeye during the battle for New York. Yeah. Um, which is which is really cool. But there's been a lot of shows, you know, where people reference, you know, that scene, even the Netflix stuff. Uh, Daredevil had a, brought a, forward a lot of references Um to that battle, even though I don't even know if it's really considered canon anymore, but, um, but I mean, it, it paved the way for the Kingpin. I know that was only three years after the movie had released, but still um, the, the fact is that it, there's always going to be, it's always going to be there. Uh, I think no matter how far along it goes, you're always going to, people are always going to look back and try and find um, the Avengers and some of these original movies. I don't know how long the MCU is going to go on for. I hope it goes on for a considerably long time, but you know, you and I who are big pop culture guys, I think you, I think you might agree with me on this. If you see something and it's a remake or it's a sequel to something um, made years ago, you try and go find it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's, that's how I, that's how I feel with, uh, with the Avengers as far as, uh, people can I mean we're we're in an era now where 10 year olds you know we're nine 10 year olds which are uh 
you know, kind of a base demographic for a lot of these Marvel films. Uh, they weren't around for the first Iron Man, like which is weird to think they weren't, they, and they were just being born the year that the first Avengers came out. And there's going to be a lot of backtracking um, by the time they get to it, because we're almost thirty deep here, guys. <laughs> we're almost thirty MCU films deep, and uh, I don't see an end in sight. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Uh, as long as I keep putting out Marvel movies, which uh, they just keep announcing more and more and Marvel shows. Uh, yeah, it's here to stay. It is fascinating if you look into the history of Marvel that they were on the verge of bankruptcy at one point in their company. Yeah. And now, uh, you know, they make, I dare say, uh, like I would, them and Star Wars, right? Or like one, two uh, money makers. Right. All you got to do is film put, franchise. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. All you got to do is put, say, this is Marvel or say, this is uh, Star Wars. And uh, that's, <laughs> that's about all the marketing you need. <laughs> it's, it's almost, uh, I think it's Marvel's almost too big to fail. They're, like you said, like you said at the top of the show, there's been some flops. Um, yeah. there, there hasn't, you know, the, I, I despise the Eternals. Um, like this. This I thought I was t- I thought it was good. I was so hyped up for it and I just I don't I don't even know it's an hour too long is its problem that's <laughs> probably it I don't even remember the characters' names to be honest with you either but um but even still it doesn't uh, it's never taken away people still look at the Marvel brand as something successful if if you have the MCU you know you get that that awesome opening credit intro you're like okay it's this is probably going to be good yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, and it's like you said. I don't think it's going to go anywhere anytime soon. At least uh, I, it may slow down some, but I even that I don't think is going to happen for a while. I mean, good gosh, even uh, they're by far, you know, since Disney bought them in Star Wars, uh, even Disney's very own characters have sort of taken a backseat to Marvel and. Star Wars. <laughs> oh, 100%. Disney World now is dominated by those two franchises. Yeah. Yeah. Um you know, my parents just went down there in May and it's just Star Wars and Marvel everywhere. So, um and yeah, it, it, it's cool to think too. Back then we were getting what? One or two movies a year, maybe. Yeah. And now I think what have we've had? I think we're going like four. I mean, so far as of this recording and we're recording this uh mid-June uh, we've had um, Doctor Strange in a multiverse. Yep. Uh, Thor, the new Thor movie is about to come out. It's like a week or two away. Uh, for uh, you know, uh, Miss Marvel is on Disney Plus. Uh, Moon Knight has already been out. Yep. So that's already four things right there that I can think of off the top of my head. Uh, and the, the year's only half over <laughs> right and we're still getting i think we're getting we're getting black panther this year yep and we're getting oh yeah so yeah three movies and obviously all the disney plus stuff but um but yeah it's it's kind of it's really insane it's really insane how much and nobody people the majority of people don't seem to be uh getting sick of it just yet so that's a good thing but um but yeah, excited for the future. That is it for Marvel Month. The Avengers are down next month, uh, the month of, month of July, uh, America Month, as we like to say. America. 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 Uh, <laughs> we're going to do a folklore heroes, American folklore heroes. So, uh, you know, growing up, you always heard or, you know, heard about the likes of like Johnny Appleseed or Daniel Boone or... <laughs> 
or you know, se- you know, several other um, characters that you know you grew up reading books about, or just hearing whimsical tales. Um, Johnny uh, gets first choice for this month, uh, this uh, next month, and Johnny, uh, who are you selecting for our first American folklore hero? Well, I, I decided, and I'd already decided this when I did the Alamo, like uh, when I covered it recently, that Davy Crockett was uh, someone I really wanted to dive into. So uh, next episode of Retro Pop, we're going to dive into the life of Davy Crockett, not Sorry. Daniel Boone. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. Yeah. Uh, uh, side <laughs> note, uh, I get this too confused a lot. <laughs> so, oh, let's see. So you're going to get two choices, by the way, just so oh, you know. We have two Daniel Boone. <laughs> <laughs> everything comes full circle well everybody thank you so much for tuning in we appreciate you as always and on behalf of johnny and i we'll talk to you in two weeks right here on retropop let's get some of that north carolina shawarma